Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You're valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Okay, y'all, just a heads up that Easter is early this year. So make sure to get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. From pastel outfits for the whole family to brunch-ready serveware, Macy's has got you covered. And you're never too old for an Easter basket. So Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies, from books to stuffed animals and even slime. You can find it all in-store or online at Macy's.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. Hey, when the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know they got a destination idea for you. Orlando, just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, Anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 140 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Today's session is centered on another topic requested by several community members, and that's how to heal after an abortion. We know that this is a decision that can be very difficult to make, and one that can be made for many different reasons. And the aftermath can be one that's very complicated to wade through. 
to offer her tips for healing and insight about how she works with clients in this space. We're joined today by Keisha Wells. Keisha is a licensed professional counselor and perinatal mental health specialist practicing in Columbus, Georgia. As the owner of Transformation Counseling Services, she helps women navigate the many transitions of womanhood and motherhood. Specifically, Keisha maintains a passion to support women who have endured life-altering experiences such as pregnancy and infant loss and postpartum depression and anxiety. Keisha helps her clients develop their voice and identify in grief and loss, as well as have hope and be empowered. She recently published her first book, From Three Heartbeats to One, a gentle companion offering hope in grieving pregnancy and infant loss. Keisha and I chatted about some of the common experiences women may struggle with after an abortion, how to support a friend who's had an abortion, how support systems may change afterwards, and she shares her favorite resources for anyone wanting additional support or information. If you hear anything while listening that resonates with you and you'd like to share, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBGInSession. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us, Akeisha. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm happy that you were able to join us today because I know that your specialty is in working with women specifically around grief and perinatal loss and that kind of thing. And so this has mm-hmm. been a topic that has been heavily requested by members of our community is healing and taking care of yourself after an abortion. So I want mm-hmm. to start, Keisha, by hearing, like, what are some of the things that you find or, you know, previous clients or people that you've heard come in struggling with after an abortion? So in the aftermath, a person may struggle with grief emotional distress, which includes depression, feelings of regret, loneliness, feelings of sadness and loss, particularly with loss that could look like a loss of identity, a loss of self-esteem, even the loss of a partner or a loss of friendship, and ultimately a loss of what life and parenting could have been like with this child. So a lot of times individuals state that they feel incomplete, Some may also be angry with themselves, with their body, with their significant other, even the medical professionals that's involved. And they may also wrestle with guilt, feeling that they've done a bad thing or shame, feeling that they're a bad person, that they're unworthy. They often struggle with confusion, you know, questioning if they made the right decision, questioning what others may think about their decision, and even what others may think about them. And then two, on the other end of the spectrum of, you know, emotional issues and struggles, a person may lack feeling. They may experience numbness or detachment and be totally checked out on an emotional level. So really varies for each person, but many do report struggling in these specific areas. Yeah. I mean, and you really have shared a lot there, Keisha, because it feels like depending on like how this decision was made and, you know, the circumstances surrounding the decision making, like it really could Mm -hmm. determine like how you might react after actually having an abortion. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It's a very personal decision and very unique. So it really varies based on each person. And I want to go back to some of the things that you said around loss, because I think, you know, one, 
we tend to only think about loss as like somebody dying, right? And you really shared a lot of great information. Mm -hmm. It sounds like around like the loss of relationships that can sometimes Mm -hmm. result as after an abortion. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So a lot of times your worldview really changes. And so you change and the way that you interact with other individuals can also have a definite hit and have struggles and they may change as well. So with the loss of a partner, the relationship might take a hit. And so you lose that connection. In some instances, couples may not stay together or there may be a loss of a friendship because you feel like that person that you thought was going to support you was not there for you at that time. So you may pull back. So your relationship can start to look different as you're coping and dealing you know, with these emotions. You also really touched on Keisha V, shame and guilt that can sometimes be related to this decision. And I'm curious, Mm -hmm. you know, from a therapeutic standpoint, like what are some of the things that you might work with a client on to help, you know, to really kind of work through and process these feelings of shame and guilt? I think it's really important to bring those emotions and feelings that you are experiencing to bring them to the surface so that you can deal, so that you can identify and deal with that. When we think about shame, being able, you know, to separate the action or the experience from your identity. So that really is very important for a person to do because, you know, the the guilt says that I've done something that's bad, but then the shame part makes you feel like you are a bad person or that you're wholly unworthy. And that's really important to work through, you know, being able to differentiate between, like I said, your identity as a person versus your decision or the experience. I like that distinction that you made, right? So the decision versus me as a person, those are not Mm -hmm. the same thing. What are some things or activities that you found in your work with clients that's helped them in healing after an abortion? So some individuals report that they have found peace and comfort in performing rituals or having ceremonies surrounding the law. For instance, some have participated in candle ceremonies or memorial ceremonies. They've also served other women or families that are dealing with this type of issue. And some have been able to plant trees or create flower gardens and tribute or memorial just as a way of kind of honoring their child. And some have even named their child as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in some ways it would, you know, Janae talked about some of these similar kinds of things on the episode that we did about healing after a miscarriage, right? So it sounds like in some ways mm-hmm. it would be similar kinds of processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder, Keisha, you mentioned also the idea that like you might lose some friendships because friends may not have supported you the way that you thought that they would. I'm curious to hear if you have suggestions about how friends can support someone after they've had an abortion. Yeah, I think one of the really important aspects to keep in mind is that just being available, you know, letting your friend know that you care and that you're willing to help specifically that looks like you being non-judgmental, being compassionate, really being present with your friend. Listening is vital. It's a major part of communication, but it's often overlooked at times. And so in wanting to be that helpful friend, you know, a lot of times we're thinking about what is it that I can say or do, but listening is just as important. So a friend could provide a listening ear. They could also do some research in this area to gain understanding about the impact of an abortion. They could even 
provide resources such as sharing this podcast and even asking your friend, the friend that you're wanting to support, ask them for insight on what they need or don't need at this time. That can really be beneficial. And finally, I'll just say, you know, respecting your friend's emotional healing process and managing their emotions at this time, like I mentioned before, you know, grieving is unique and it's a personal process and healing is a personal process. So you want to check in with your friend and allow them to be a subject matter expert on their needs and their wants and allow them to give you insight if they're able to do so. I want to just back up a little bit also, Keisha, because you talked about like the loss of partnership. And I would imagine mm-hmm. that that would be really difficult to kind of heal from and kind of renegotiate with your partner. Like let's say specifically, if your decision was to terminate the pregnancy and your partner did not agree with that decision, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe what that work looks like in a therapy space, like how do you even broach that conversation with a partner or, you know, like what kinds of ways as a therapist could you support a client and their partner in talking about some of these things? Well, I think really just being in a space to allow them both to kind of share their perspective, share their concerns, you know, allow them to share their emotions and really work with them on coming to a point of just being able to kind of respect differences and really giving them good communication tools to be able to use so that they can, in an assertive way, be able to speak and deal with conflict in a respectful way. But that can be very difficult, you know, of course, and any type of couples work, you know, if individuals are not on the same path, but it can be really helpful to allow them to have that space to be able to talk and share and then also help them to, you know, be able to respect each other's points of view. Something else that I have, you know, in reading, Keisha, it seems like something else that people struggle with specifically related to like healing after an abortion is like thoughts about like difficulty having future children or if there is some difficulty with like miscarriages or you know struggles with fertility in the future that there is a lot tied to like oh this is like punishment so to speak for a previous abortion. Yeah some do report experiencing and having those types of thoughts and I think that's where therapy can be really helpful to have a person sit down and kind of work through those thoughts and work through those emotions and then also you know, the person being able to, when they have these thoughts, you know, to process that, but then to also kind of, as a form of self-care, being able to replace that type of thought pattern with some self-compassion and some self-love. But it is a definite concern and fear for many that, and that kind of goes back to the shame piece, is that I'm bad. So because I've done something that perceived as bad, then, and I'm a bad person, then I'm not going to experience any good things, meaning that I'm not worthy. So there can be a loss there in their innocence in parenting and kind of change their view of what parenting can be like for them. I'm really glad that you touched on the self-compassion piece because I feel like that would be huge when you're talking with a client about some of these concerns, right? Just the ability to kind Mm -hmm. of be very gentle and kind with yourself. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I think that is like one of the most major aspects of self-care because that looks like you being really intentional with identifying and paying attention to how you handle you. So 
Are you working to silence that inner critic, that condemning or negative voice? Are you identifying and challenging those negative thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself? And do you understand what that source of that inner judge is? Where does where do those negative beliefs and those feelings come from? Where does that voice come from? So it's like I said before, it's really important to work to differentiate between the experience and your identity and also being able to know who you are, even in the face of loss in this most difficult outcome, you know, it's important to remind yourself of your strengths and remind yourself of the ways that you may have processed and worked through difficult endings and losses in the past. So self-care, self-compassion and self-love and positive self-talk is an aspect of self-care. Mm-hmm. And because you've already talked about like how many losses there may be, I would imagine that sometimes this can be a very alienating process, right? And taking care of yourself and the self-care and healing that comes Mm -hmm. afterward may be very lonely, right? Because of some of the shame pieces or if there have been losses in relationships. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about maybe some resources either online or in real life that people might be able to utilize that would be able to give them some additional support in that point? Sure. A lot of individuals have stated that that they receive support from retreats. So they've identified the retreats as being comforting, compassionate. They stated that they received clarity and healing in attending these retreats. And a person can do just a simple online search and come up with various results. And they would just have to be able to identify what retreat looks best for them and what's closer, you know, to them and, and their location. But A lot of people have identified retreats as a safe space for them to be seen, to be heard and validated. So that can be a good resource as well as using bibliotherapy. So that means going to an online search, just looking at different books that, you know, you may be able to read in your spare time and read privately to get insight and to get skills and learn a ways to cope and manage. One particular book is The Healing Choice your guide to emotional recovery after an abortion. And this book offers really thought-provoking questions and challenges the reader to confront the unresolved feelings that they may be having. And it also shares the stories of other women and their personal experiences and working towards healing and emotional recovery. And finally, I would say that counseling is really a good resource as well, because this is really deep and personal work. So it can be helpful to find a good therapist who's a good fit, who works in your area and who works specifically in this area to be able to give you, you know, some tools to help you process and work through your emotions. Because not everybody has, you know, a strong support system. So sometimes counseling can be helpful because it allows you to be able to, you know, speak unfiltered and work with someone who's not biased and judgmental. So counseling can definitely be a safe space. So in addition to the work around self-compassion and providing support in the face of maybe losses of support, are there other pieces of the therapy work that you think are really important for somebody healing after an abortion? I think it's really important and kind of ties into self-care as well is just to allow yourself to feel. Allow yourself to grieve and identify emotions. And that's something that is so hard for many of us. So many times when we are grieving, we run, you know, from those difficult emotions because they are hard and they're unpleasant to feel at the time. But the failure to identify those feelings 
can be really detrimental because those feelings don't go away. And so if we're not intentional in learning how to channel or work through them, they'll show up in negative and harmful ways. So I would say that maybe journaling or even using a feeling list to be able to help identify what you're feeling and and help you process and articulate those emotions, that can be a great asset. I know some people don't like journaling because it can be kind of overwhelming and you may feel like, well, I don't know what to write, but just simply taking notes and jotting down phrases that come to mind or even using bulleted lists or even drawing can be effective to help you recognize and track emotions. So I think journaling is a good exercise and tool to help a person in identifying their emotions and allowing themselves to feel. And something else I think that is important to talk about, Keisha, is that there may be kind of conflicting feelings that come up after an abortion, right? You know, because I think, you know, for some people, it can be an experience of maybe sadness and grief, but also maybe some relief. Mm-hmm. depending again yeah, depending so on the circumstances mm-hmm. right and so I'm wondering mm-hmm. how you might be able to like what you might be able to share for people who may be really confused about like whoa that doesn't feel like I should quote unquote be feeling that right now yeah so when we are grieving you know because like I said before it is such a personal experience you know you do feel a lot of different emotions so you may like you said feel those conflicting emotions you might feel a sense of sadness and despair and then on one end but on the other end you may feel like you have made the best decision for yourself so that might bring about a measure of relief so there really are no rules and no right and wrong when it comes to grieving and it because it is such a personal experience and it varies from person to person and it is so unique there really are no rules to that there's no right or wrong way to that Yeah. And I think this is where, you know, sometimes the friendship piece can kind of get really sticky, right? Because it feels Mm -hmm. like for a lot of other things, maybe you don't agree with your friend in terms of relationship choices or whatever, but you still find a way to be there, right? But it feels like Mm -hmm. abortion is one of those things, you know, because of the politics and morality and all those things that are tied into it. It feels like this is where it can be really confusing sometimes about like how to show up for a friend even if it would not be the decision you made. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes down to, like I said before, with assertiveness, sometimes when you are on different ends and you have different arguments or concerns, you still have to be able to respect that person's you know, decision or respect their conviction and their thoughts behind that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you already shared in terms of retreats in the book, The Healing Choice, that you recommend as resources. Are there other resources that you find particularly helpful for people who may want to read more, get more support in this area? Well, I would say there is a wealth of information. And I think a part of being empowered on a person's healing and grief journey is really to kind of like explore on their own, to do their own research. So I would advocate and and stress that as well, that a person, you know, just take that as a personal exploration to be able to kind of seek out what resources will work best for them. Because again, it is such a a personal and unique experience. But as I stated before, retreats and the book and counseling, I believe are really good resources. Perfect. And where can people find you, Keisha? Can you share your website as well as any social media handles you like to share? 
Sure. So I would love for listeners to connect with me online at KeishaWells.com or on Instagram at KWellsLPC. And those links will take you to the work that I'm doing in the field with women and moms. Perfect, Keisha. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad Keisha was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about Keisha and her practices and the resources she shared, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 140. And don't forget to share this episode with two people in your circle and share your takeaways with us either on Twitter or in your IG stories using the hashtag TBG in session. If you're looking for a therapist, check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic and meet some other sisters in your area, come on over and join us in the Yellow Couch Collective, where we take a deeper dive into the topics from the podcast and just about everything else. You can join us at therapyforblackgirls.com slash YCC. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you. And treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Hey, debit card users, listen up. Discover has something especially for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can start earning cash back on everyday debit card purchases. You heard that right. Cash back on debit purchases because cash back isn't just for credit cards. It's time you also get some love. Oh, and I should also mention that this has no fees. Period. Finally, the game-changing checking account you deserve. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.